Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Uh, thanks again for all the support. The uh, growth has been uh, tremendous in the podcast, and uh, that's simply due to you guys sharing with uh, classmates, fellow healthcare professionals, and uh, hopefully I continue to uh, provide some good, relevant, uh, useful, real-world information. So today we're going to cover gabapentin and pregabalin. Now these two drugs, in clinical practice, they have very... Uh, similar uh, responses, clinical responses. Um, as far as uh, adverse effect profile, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about mechanism of a, li a little bit. Um, drug interactions, these uh, drugs tend to not have a ton of drug interactions, so that's great. Um, one thing up front I, I certainly did want to mention was cost. Uh, gabapentin is much less expensive than pregabalin, at least at this time in, in 2018 here. Um, you know, as time goes on and hopefully pregabalin becomes generic, hopefully that cost will uh, go down. But at this time, um, in most clinical situations, you are going to absolutely see gabapentin um, used first. And that's simply um, due to the, the cost factor there. But um, we'll talk a little bit about the, the kinetics and different things there too. So starting off on the mechanism of action... Um, it, it's often thought, and you look at the name of the drugs, pregabalin and gabapentin, and you think about GABA is kind of initially what you think about. And I believe initially, don't quote me on this, but I believe initially it was thought that these, um, re uh, these drugs activate GABA receptors and um, kind of have a CNS depressant type effect through that mechanism. Uh, that is not the case. They um, do not bind GABA receptors, even though it's um, right in their name. Uh, their primary mechanism of action is uh, they impact vol voltage-gated calcium channels uh, within the brain. And that can lead to a cascade of things. Um, you know, that cascade isn't incredibly well understood, but um, ultimately we can have some sedation. Uh, we can have some potential pain relief in, in various types of pain. Uh, neuropathic pain is probably the most common uh, indication you're going to see these medications used for any type of, of nerve pain, diabetic uh, neuropathy. Uh, you will see it uh, used for other types of pain where maybe we've uh, tried other agents, they've failed, um, and they're, they're not working. 
they are technically classified as anti-epileptic agents or anti-seizure medications. Uh, within the use, as far as being a mainstay of therapy in um, managing seizures, they typically aren't. If you see a patient on these drugs, uh, they are more than likely going to be used for pain. But it is important to keep in mind, uh, in the odd chance that these drugs were being used for seizures, uh, we have to recognize that mistoses and things like that could be incredibly, incredibly concerning if it would increase their their seizure risk there. So just keep that in mind. Again, uh, most often used for uh, various types of uh, pain syndromes. Now, as far as the side effect profile, um, you know, I, I'm geared a little bit more towards polypharmacy, geriatrics, and these drugs can definitely cause some problems. Uh, sedation is probably the one of the biggest thing. I, I've definitely heard of people feeling um, totally zonked out. You know, they feel like they could sleep all day, things of that nature. Uh, dizziness, fall risk, that's definitely associated uh, with these medications. Uh, important to kind of remember and, and monitor that as a patient starts one of these meds and or increases. Uh, one other one uh, that I definitely wanted to point out was edema or you know swelling around the ankles, things like that. Um, that can certainly be uh, caused or contributed by gabapentin or uh, pregabalin. So certainly keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, with the side effect profile, you know a lot of these side effects are always, dose dependent. So the higher the dose you go, the more aggressive of a starting dose you take, uh, you may see um, problems occur more quickly. And um, in my patient population, dealing with geriatrics primarily, so let's take a dose of gabapentin 300 milligrams three times a day. That might be a little too much for a patient who's 85-year-old, diabetic neuropathy or something like that. Um, that may be a pretty aggressive starting dose. They may have risk of sedation, confusion, and, and things of, of that nature. So definitely be a, a little bit careful with that um, in our elderly patients. One other big important thing uh, that I always look out for in patients that may be reporting sedation, dizziness, and they're on this type of medication is keep an eye on that kidney function. So these drugs are cleared by the kidney. So as that GFR, creatinine clearance, whatever measurement you're, you're using, um, as that kidney function gets worse over time, which it generally does as people age, as that kidney function gets worse, that drug can accumulate and be more likely uh, to cause side effects even at a dose that they've been on for a really long time. So if we get a creatinine, we go from, you know, 1 to 1.5, maybe a patient's been diagnosed with CKD, uh, that dose that maybe was appropriate for uh, gabapentin or pregabalin before is now causing uh, adverse effects because the, the concentrations are higher because the kidney isn't clearing it quite as quickly. One other really important point I wanted to um, make sure to be known, and this is on the pharmacokinetic side of things. So gabapentin has what's called a dose-dependent absorption model. 
And basically what that means is as uh, you escalate doses, this drug requires a transporter to get across the gut. And as you tr um, saturate that transporter, that can lead to a reduction in the percent of the drug absorbed over time. So let's kind of clear this up and, and take an example here. So you've got a patient on uh, gabapentin, 300 milligrams three times a day, maybe a younger patient, you know, 30, 40, 50 year old um, for nerve pain, that type of thing. And we want to escalate the dose. And so we go from 300 to 600, maybe up to 900 milligrams three times a day. And when we do that, you may not get as big a bang for your buck as far as that percent absorption. So uh, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but let's just say you go from you know, at 300 milligrams, you go from 40% absorption, 600 milligrams, you go from 30 to down to 30% absorption. So you can see as, as a percentage, even though you went up 300 milligrams, you may actually get a lower percentage of that drug absorbed. And you may not see a very big kind of bang for your, your dosing buck as you increase the dose. It's not going to be a proportional increase in response, particularly uh, when you get to, to higher doses with gabapentin. Now, pregabalin uh, typically does avoid that. You're going to get pretty consistent uh, absorption kind of all throughout the uh, dosing spectrum from that medication because it does not require that transporter to, to get across the gut. So again, gabapentin at higher doses, um, when you increase that dose more, uh, you may not see a, as great a bang for your buck in clinical response. So hopefully that uh, kind of makes sense there. Uh, one other thing about both of these drugs is um, kind of controversial at this time, um, but there is a risk of dependence. There is a risk of drug diversion, and I have certainly seen uh, theft with both pregabalin and gabapentin. Now, gabapentin, interestingly, from a United States federal level, is not considered a controlled substance. It's not classified as a, a medication that you need to keep track of and count. However, some states now are adopting this and putting it in their prescription drug monitoring program and all sorts of different stuff. So I would say there definitely is enough evidence out there. Uh, saying that there is risk for dependence, is risk for uh, diversion on these uh, medications. So definitely keep that in mind if you feel like something is suspicious, something's not adding up right. Uh, maybe a patient is continuously asking for um, way early refills, things of, of that nature. Um, we do have to be a little bit of uh, careful with that. Now, pregabalin is a controlled substance. Um, a Schedule 4 controlled substance, I believe, maybe Schedule 5. Oh, sorry if I screwed that up, but um, it is a, a lower end of the, the schedule there. Um, but it is under um, the uh, Controlled Substances Act, and the uh, DEA has classified that as a controlled substance. I suspect uh, over time uh, that gabapentin probably will be as well. So 
um, just keep that in mind that there is maybe that risk of, of addiction dependence and, and things of that nature. Now with these medications, I do have a couple of case studies within my book, uh, Pharmacotherapy. Um, and actually, I'm pretty excited about it. We just uh, launched it on um, audible.com as well. So if you um, love listening to audio, if you've got a commute, uh, it's a fantastic book with you know lots of pearls, case studies, um, really a, a good primer for any type of clinical uh, rotation, residency, things of that nature for nurses, pharmacists, pharmacy students, and, and of course, uh, med students as well there. So again, pharmacotherapy, you can check that out on, on audible.com. Also, we'll have a link at meded101.com slash store. You can find a link to that uh, pharmacotherapy book as well there. So um, with that, one of the, the cases within that book, I talk about the, the weight gain uh, issue with gabapentin and, and pregabalin and that potential to contribute to swelling and edema. So uh, as far as drug interactions go, um, there, there aren't a ton. I'll, I'll touch on, on one here coming up. Um, but you do need to remember a couple of disease, uh, drug disease interactions. So in a patient with CHF, you're going to want to monitor any patient on these medications very closely to make sure we're not exacerbating uh, CHF and that fluid status and edema and swelling, okay? So definitely keep an, an eye out for that. I mentioned the change in kidney function can alter concentrations, can raise concentrations of these medications, so you need to be aware of that if you've got somebody with an acute change. Now, as far as drug interactions go, um, I, I generally think of medications that have an additive effect. So any meds that may be sedating, for example, can kind of pile on and, and contribute to additive side effects. So uh, opioids, uh, benzodiazepines, uh, antipsychotics, maybe you know first-generation antihistamines like diphenhydramine, things like that. Any drug that can cause some CNS depression, CNS sedation, uh, we need to uh, look out for those um, when we're maybe adding and or increasing uh, some of these other agents and um, pay attention to our patients and, and really uh, watch and uh, follow those guys closely. With that, I think that about wraps up uh, gabapentin and pregabalin. Uh, check out reallifepharmacology.com. I've got that top 200 study guide, 31-page PDF, absolutely uh, free to you. Um, for subscribing, following, and, and basically getting alerted to when we've got a, a new podcast out or uh, new opportunities to, to look at there. So reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, also, um, definitely if you wanted to take a peek at that pharmacotherapy book, uh, you can find links uh, to that on meded101.com slash store. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And as always, leave us a review rating on iTunes. Um, greatly, greatly appreciated. We've had such a strong um, response to the podcast, and I'm uh, hopeful I can uh, keep up and uh, try to um, provide you guys some good real-life clinical information. So take care. Have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.